neighbor and say, neighbor, I believe I'm healed. In the name of Jesus, I believe miracles are coming my way. And for that, I give God praise. Give the Lord praise. Give the Lord worship. If you believed it, what would you do if you had the tangible answer before you that you've been praying for? What would you do if God heard your prayer today and the miracle was in your hands? Come on, give God praise by faith. Praise him by faith. Praise him by faith. I believe God's going to do great things in this service today. And I believe many of you are going to be healed and delivered and set free by the wonderful power of God. Would you thank God in advance, please? Please be seated in the house of the Lord. Let's give Elder John Patton a rousing applause. Thank you, sir, for your faithful service of the church. Renowned attorney working with the Drew Medical Center in so many areas of the life of our city. But he humbles himself to serve and to bless the people of the Lord on this day. Give him another rousing applause. Praise the Lord for Lady May Blake, my darling. We love her and we love each and every one of you. Glad to see Brother Terry McCoy, who was such a faithful member and involved in the work of the Lord and active and moved to Atlanta. Now he's moved back just in time for the earthquake. Welcome. Clap your hands and praise God for you. Don't run away from the earthquake. You might run into a Florida hurricane, a storm, a Las Vegas heat. This is still the best place on earth to be. How many of you love Southern California? One of the reasons I love it is because you're here and because Wes Angeles is here. And I praise God for his blessings on us and on our church and it's just beginning and we praise God for it with all of our hearts. We face some of the greatest days in our calendar year on next Sunday the wonderful brother Bailey is going to be with us and sharing the word of the Lord and blessing us, motivating us, taking us to a level higher and you don't want to miss not any of the services in which he'll be presented. Then the next week, evangelist pastor Hannah from Chicago, one of the most renowned and respected men of God in our nation, the church that he pastors has literally blossomed and burst forth on the scene. And it's doing a significant work with thousands of people in Chicago and his ministry is coming to be revealed and exposed to us. And I just know we're going to be blessed. Don't miss the next two weeks in the life of West Angeles Church. Let's praise God for these great people who are coming our way. We're excited about it and we want to thank Brother Lawrence and Sister Janine Blake for their leadership and excellent service and those who are going to host and assist us with uh, Pastor Hannah the following week. It's going to be a wonderful time. Don't miss not any of those services because 
They're going to be absolutely fantastic and absolutely great. Well, would you stand for the word of God? I'm going to go to the Gospel of John, chapter 6 and verse 35. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Verse 53, then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed. And my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. And then the 66th verse says, From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. I want to talk on the Lord's Supper. Would you say that after me, please? The Lord's Supper. You may be seated. Many of those who heard these words that Jesus spoke attempted to interpret those words literally. And then they used their improper literal interpretation as a reason to reject Jesus and to reject his teaching. He had elaborated enough to show that he was not actually talking about eating his flesh and drinking his actual blood. You know, some people give extreme interpretation to certain biblical doctrines and then reject those doctrines because they are so extreme. It's not the doctrine that is extreme. It's your interpretation of the doctrine that is extreme. In reality, their interpretation was off. There are others who understood what Jesus was speaking metaphorically, that he was using the eating of flesh and the drinking of blood to illustrate or symbolize the message that he was conveying. But even though they understood, they still rejected the extreme claims that he seemed to be making for himself. That's those who had chosen to misunderstand him and those who refused to accept the exalted claim he made about himself left him. They went away from Jesus. They no longer listened to him. They no longer followed him. It is not always the fault of the preacher and not always the fault of the church when people leave. Can I hear somebody say amen? amen. Under certain circumstances, when people do not and will not assent to certain basic doctrines and teachings, it's best that they should leave. One preacher said he had a membership drive in his church and drove out 15. 
After that, everything was just fine. But people who are just around for the enjoyment, people who are just around will leave when they are not happy anymore or when something takes place with which they don't agree. They need to leave sometimes before the real challenge comes rather than doing the actual crash itself. Jesus knew that he had come to a critical point in his relationship with those who comprise the multitude. Prior to this time, Jesus had given many signs of God's special presence in his life and of God's sanction of his teaching and of his ministry. Short time before the time of our text, he fed 5,000 men by multiplying five barley loaves and two small fish. When the multitude had finished eating, there were still 12 baskets, one basket for each of the 12 disciples still left. By this time, the people were ready to make him a king and declare themselves as his subjects. Anyone who fed them so miraculously was one that they wanted to be around and associated with. But Jesus sought to escape from them at that time because he had a clear concept of the kind of person he wanted to be and the kind of people he wanted to follow him and to be a part of his ministry. He knew that it was not his role to be an earthly king. If he had done so, no king in history would have been able to surpass him. But he was already king of kings. He was already lord of lords. Y'all gonna help me today? There's no higher role on earth for you than the role that God has designated for you. If we look to people, we may miss what God has in store for us. But Jesus had a clear vision of who he was and where he was going. Every person needs that kind of vision. You need to know the kind of person you want to be and what you want to do with your life. Don't take your views and your signal from people because people sometimes are not good judges and good guides. In the closet of your own mind, go to God the Father and ask him to help you to develop the concept of yourself and then a concept of the kind of people you want to be around, you want to have in your life. And so Jesus knew the kind of people he wanted to have with him. Every person needs to think that through because you become like that you associate with. Can I get a witness here? People will pull you down and life for you will become less than it ought to be when you don't allow the Lord to determine your associations. So I think that Jesus knew that many would leave him when he spake the words of our text. He could easily have taught a different lesson and shared a different message. He could easily have pleased their ears 
and their pleasure, their tingling of their ears by the wrong and different words. But then he would not have been true to himself and he not have, would have been true to his father. What Jesus said in the text was so important to him that he was willing to lose many of those who followed him when he said it. I thought what he said was so important to Jesus that he was willing to lose his crowd rather than to please them and keep them around by saying the wrong thing. Truth and righteous principles are more important than popularity. When you look at somebody and tell them truth and righteous principles are more important than popularity. And Jesus said in John 6, you seek me not because you saw the miracle, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. All they wanted was bread. All they wanted was food. They wanted Jesus to operate a perpetual food program. So they followed him for loaves and not for love. Thank God for those of you who made up your mind that West Angeles is your church and that this is where you're going to be. Thank God for those of you who are in the Be Here class who decided that, listen, my church is my church. My pastor is my pastor. I'm in the Be Here class. Do we have any Be Here members? The miraculous provision of food the miraculous provision of physical healing were intended by Jesus to convince them of the spiritual realities behind the miracle and to lift them to the level where they would seek spiritual values. And Jesus would warn us today not to become obsessed with the physical or with the material provisions of prosperity. As a matter of fact, he said in Matthew 6, 31, take no thought of what you shall eat, what you shall wear. The Father knows you have need of these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I know there's a lot of fuss going on, a lot of things seem to be happening, but are they seeking the kingdom of God? Are they seeking the righteousness of God? Is it all about Jesus? Do they believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he arose from the dead? If they do, that's your crowd. That's where you might be because that's what we believe in the name of the Lord Jesus. Clap your hands and give praise to the Lord. Jesus said in John 6, 27, Labor not for the meat which perishes, but for that meat which endures and to everlasting life, which Jesus, the Son of Man, shall give unto you. In other words, focus on that which will bring everlasting life. Focus on that which will feed your soul and your spirit. That's good advice for today. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Anybody with your mind made up to seek God Tap your hands in the name of the Lord. So Jesus in this text was trying to find words 
and metaphors which would convey the intricacy and the intimacy that is possible in our relationship with him. We can become a part of him. He can become a part of us. He in us and we in him. Jesus does not want a cold, distant, impersonal relationship with us. He wants a living, dynamic relationship. Would you say to your neighbor, Jesus does not want a cold, distant relationship with his children. He wants a living, dynamic relationship. Jesus wants to be your intimate friend. He wants to bear your frailties and share with you his power. And the richness of our fellowship with Jesus is illustrated before us on the fact that we sit or stand around the table and with the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit symbolized by the fact that we, according to him and reaching out to him, worship him and receive him in the bread and in the symbol of the fruit of the vine. The Lord's Supper, the sacrament, communion, that which we will celebrate today illustrates that Christ wants to be to us today. He wants to be very close to us. As we drink of the symbol of his blood and eat of the symbol of his body, we are receiving him into ourselves by faith in the name of the Lord Jesus. You know, we sometimes complain about how expensive our meals are. But every meal is expensive, even when it costs us nothing. When we consume food, we are consuming life. We are consuming fowl, cattle, swine, fish, assorted forms of animal and vegetable life. They have to die that we might eat. And so it's expensive because it costs these entities their very life. The plant life, we cut it and bring it into the kitchen and cook it. We, we hunt and kill and prepare our food. Animals have to die that we might live and that we might eat. And if you were to ask them how expensive is life, they would say it's very, very expensive. And so Jesus proclaims that what food is to your body, that I will be to your soul, that I will be to your spirit. And Jesus proclaims that when we consume whatever we consume, we're consuming that which costs the life of that which we consume. And so the Lord's Supper is a symbol of that fact. The bread and the fruit of the vine are the juice of the grape, symbolize the body and the blood of the Lord. The great preacher Spurgeon has said that bread has to pass through many tortures before it becomes food to us. The wheat was sown in the ground. The wheat died, or the seed died. It was buried. It sprang up. It was exposed to the cold wind. It was exposed to the hot sunshine before it became ripe. But then when it was ripe, it was cut down by the sharp sickle. And after being cut down, it was threshed. And then it was ground into flour. 
And then the dough was kneaded into bread and baked in a hot oven. And then it was broken or cut with a knife. All of these processes are used as images of suffering. So when we eat of the bread, we understand that it has gone through many suffering processes before it became bread to us. And then Spurgeon goes on to say, the juice of the grape also sets forth suffering. For the clusters of the grape were flung together into the wine press and pressed until their life's blood spurted forth. And even so was the Savior pressed in the wine press of Jehovah's wrath till his blood was poured forth on our behalf. Thus the bread and the wine symbolize the suffering of Jesus Christ. Let the church say amen. And so when flesh and blood are separated, then death occurs. And in the communion, the bread representing the flesh of Jesus is not mixed with the wine representing the blood of Jesus. And that symbolizes the fact that not only did he give of himself, but he himself died that we might have life, that we would have it more abundantly. Jesus had not only to suffer for us, but Jesus died for us. Could we give him some praise? Could we give him some glory? Could we give him some honor? Hallelujah. In 1 Corinthians 11 and 23, the apostle Paul said, I have received of the Lord that which also I received or delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you, and do this in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also, he took the cup. And when he had supped after supper, he said, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you do show or proclaim the Lord's death when he comes. The Lord's Supper is the most expensive meal that you will ever eat because it dramatically portrays the awful price that Jesus had to pay for our salvation. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? At the cross, at the cross, for I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith that I received my sight, and now I'm happy all the day. The Lord's Supper helps us to remember Jesus and keep him on our mind. It's not an idle rite or act that we participate in. We're reminding ourselves of the fact that Jesus had to die. Jesus, our Savior, offered his body, offered his blood that we might have life. Is anybody thankful today? It helps us to be thankful and to praise God for what he has done for us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him 
should not perish, but have everlasting life. In this hectic day, this day of rushing in and out, back and forth, it's so easy to forget. But somebody said, Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. Jesus, I'll never forget how you brought me out. Jesus, I'll never forget. No, never. Moses warned us. When you drink from wells that you did not dig, when you live in houses that you did not build, when you eat from vines that you did not plant, then beware, lest thou forget God who brought you forth out of the land of Egypt. How many of you can say the Lord has been good to me? Oh, look over at your name and say, the Lord has done great things for me. Come on and praise him. Jesus, I'll never forget. Jesus, I'll never forget. Would you raise your hand and say, Jesus, I'll never forget. For the Lord's Supper helps us to remember when we drink of the fruit of the vine, when we eat of the bread, our mind should not be on it, but rather on Jesus. The Lord's Supper should be a time of healing and a time of deliverance because it takes us to that point and to that time that our lives were turned around by the power of Almighty God. The Lord's Supper helps us to know that the Lord does not want to be far away from us. He wants to be close of us. And in the verses that we've read, two words explain what Jesus meant when he said, eat his flesh and drink his blood. For he said, he that cometh to me and him that believe on me. The first word is come. And the second word is believe. Ancient men would identify with their sacrifices by sometime consuming them. But Jesus said, he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And we identify with Jesus by believing on him and by coming unto him. Tell your neighbor, we identify with Jesus by believing on him and by coming to him. And Jesus had said, in John 7 and 37, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest when you eat of his body. That is to believe on him. When you drink of his blood, that is to come unto him. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus is the one that makes the difference. Why don't you clap your hands and give praise to the Lord? And so the Lord's Supper 
symbolize coming to Jesus and to drink of the fruit of the vine is to believe on Jesus. You've got to have a hunger for Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm hungry and I'm thirsty for the more of Jesus. As the heart panteth after the water brew, so pants my soul for thee. Oh God, I cried and I cried. I mourned and I mourned. I searched and I searched. But I just couldn't be contented until I found the Lord. I found him and I'm glad. And I never shall be sad. I've tasted of the love divine. He's in this heart of mine. Aren't you glad that you found him? Tell two people I found him. The Apostle Paul said we have not a high priest who cannot be touched by the feeling of our infirmities, but who was tempted in all points, like as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, we can come boldly to the throne of grace and find mercy and grace to help. Come on and praise him. Eating his flesh, drinking his blood, is coming to him and believing on him. Does anybody believe on Jesus? He's your Lord. He's your Savior. He's the one who can change your life, lift you higher than you've ever been before. Come on and praise him. Praise him. Come unto him. Believe that he's the son of God. Believe that he came in the flesh. Believe that he loves you. Believe that he gives you abundant life. Believe that he died for you. Believe that he rose again. Lord, I believe. And standing before your table, drinking of your blood, eating of your flesh, is believing on you and coming unto you. I don't know all about you, but I'm so glad I've got Jesus in my life. Yes. Come on and say yes. The Bible said, Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. No doubt about it. Just as surely as you can come to the table, eat and drink of the symbols of the Lord's body and the Lord's blood, you can come to Jesus and get what you need and find what will transform your life in Jesus. Come on and praise him. Praise him. He said, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done. Through the blood of Jesus, we have life everlasting. Through the blood of Jesus, we're lifted higher than we've ever been before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's no benefit in coming to the table and looking at the food. There's no benefit in coming to the table and just sitting there. But if you come to the table 
thine. The feast of the Lord is going on and the power of the Lord is manifest. So we come to Jesus. We come in prayer. We come in worship. We come in thanksgiving, praising him for what he's done for us. This is no mere empty right. We're not just going through the motions and spending time. We've come to say thank you. We've come to say praise you. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your flesh. Thank you that you stretch forth your hand. Nails were driven in your feet. You died for us. Thank you that you rose again from the dead. Thank you that we can come boldly to the throne of grace. God is our refuge. God is our strength. He's a very present help in time of trouble. Very present, not far away. Very close, as close as the food you eat and the liquid that you drink. He's close. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, Jesus is here right now in the room, present. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Even as we drink of the symbol of his blood, that's how close he wants to be in us and around us. Just as we eat the symbol of his flesh, he's abiding in us and with us tell your neighbor Christ in you is the hope of glory let's praise him let's magnify him as we come to the table as we bow before the table we're going to give him praise we're going to give him thanks and we're going to thank him because he's close as close as the food we eat and the water we drink hallelujah Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's praise him together. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Clap your hands, people of the Lord. Give God praise, give him glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, bless his name. The songwriter said, Rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Tell your neighbor, Jesus is a hiding place. He in you and you in him. He does not want to be far away, but he wants you to be close. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, Jesus is here right now. He's as close as the air you breathe, as close as the clothes you wear. Whatever you need, he can do it today. In the name of Jesus, I firmly believe that when you consume the symbol of the Lord's body and drink 
the symbol of the Lord's blood, you take healing and deliverance and power into your life. And so don't just go through this as if it's something you do. Do it in the name of Jesus. And when you drink and when you eat of the bread, do it praising God. Come on, tell your neighbor, I'm going to praise him because he's my God. I'm going to praise him because he's turning my life around. I'm going to praise him because I've got something inside of me. I'm going to praise him. Come on, praise him. Come on, praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise Hallelujah. Stand up, everybody. Give praise to the Lord. Praise you for dying. Praise you for rising up again. Praise you. Because if you can conquer death, you can do anything. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, if Jesus could conquer death, he's able to do anything. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. That we may ask, that we may thank, if you believe him, thank him. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Everybody praise him. Stand on your feet and praise him. Praise him. Praise him, praise him. Be healed, be healed, be delivered, be set free. Tell your neighbor, be healed, be delivered, be set free. Give him praise, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I feel Jesus. I said, I feel Jesus. I said, I feel Jesus in this place. He came to heal you. He came to set you free. He came to perform miracles in your life on today. If you really believed it and thank him by faith, you can have your miracle in the name of Jesus. When I count to three, praise him. One, two, Three. somebody who realize that you really do need Jesus in your life. What you've done, what you can do, 
will not benefit you in terms of your eternity. What you have, what you possess, what you know will not give you the power that you need to stand before God Almighty. Jesus died for you. Jesus arose from the dead. To know him is life eternal. He wants to be great and mighty in your life. And this table symbolizes the relationship we have with him. And the power that he has to work in our lives. If you're here today and you've not accepted him. You've not believed on him. You've not come to him. I'm so happy to stand before you today and let you know that his arms are reaching out to you. That your life can be changed. Every sin you've ever committed can be forgiven and Jesus wants to be real in your heart. Before we go a step further, I'm stopping now to give you a chance to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. And while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you do not know Jesus, your sins are not forgiven. If you don't know him as your Lord and your Savior, I want to pray for you. And I know that you desire prayer by the lifting of your hand. If you would say, preacher, pray for me. I want Jesus in my life. Lift that hand and hold it high. I want to pray for you. I want you to receive what the Lord hath in store for you. Every eye is closed, every head is bowed. Those who would say, preacher, pray for me. Lift that hand high. You want Jesus to take up residence in your life. Live in your heart, in your soul, in your very being. Lift up that hand in the name of Jesus. Thank the Lord. Dear Lord, I pray for every uplifted hand, for every individual who has said, pray for me by the lifting of their hands. I pray to the Lord that every sin will be forgiven, that their life will be changed by your power and by your might. Thank you for the divine invitation that we can come to you and believe on you. And our lives will never be the same and every sin we've committed will be forgiven. Everybody say this prayer after me, please. Dear Lord, I'm so sorry for all my sins. Please forgive me, Lord. For the wrong I've done and the wrong I have been, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he died for me. I believe he arose from the dead. I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. And I thank you, Lord. I am saved. I am forgiven. I have new life. Clap your hands, everybody, and praise God.